welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We are coming at you live this morning from our house, mine and Pastor Jenny's house. This is where we live, part of it. And uh, we're here this morning and... You know, we're all stuck in our homes for the most part. You know, we can go out and do things still. We haven't been completely locked down yet. But we wanted to uh, record from our home and because uh, we're all in our home. So we wanted to kind of go from house to house. You know, we're big on house to house. And so we wanted to record from our home straight to your home this morning. So I pray that, that uh, you're doing okay, that in this world of ever-changing days and Every day you get up, something is new and different, and you're reading new headlines, and you're new, reading new regulations, requirements for you. We pray that you are making it okay in the midst of your uh, routines and schedules that have all been changed, and you're having to figure out new routines and schedules. We pray that the Spirit of God is in your midst, that even though it can be frustrating and even though it can be hard and even though it can be confusing, that God himself is in your very midst, that he's in your rooms, that he's in your living room, that he's in your kitchen, and that his presence and that his peace is there guiding you, leading you, and keeping you. Amen? I know you said amen, and that was a perfect time for you to say amen. Well, I, uh, we hope you're doing okay. We hope you're all all right. I hope you've got a cup of coffee and you have found a comfy chair to sit down on and you are relaxing and you are ready to hear the word of God. And so as we get ready to hear the word of God, why don't you place your hand over your hearts, over your ears, over your eyes, whatever you want to, and let's just pray and believe God right now in this place, wherever you're at, that God is going to touch you and bring healing, hope, life, transformation, whatever you need in your life today, let's pray and ask God to do that right now in this place. Father, we thank you that you are the God that is above every other thing. And God, I pray and I ask right now that as we begin to talk about your word and your life and your truth, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit continues to move all across the nation of Canada, from home to home, from house to house, as we are all uh, watching and hearing about you on digital platforms, God, we know that you can reach through the ones and the zeros, and you can touch hearts and lives and bring transformation, Father. God, I pray that hearts are open, that ears are open, that eyes are open today to receive your word and your life. Father, I pray and I ask right now that you are putting your very words on, on my tongue and in my spirit so that I communicate and say only the things that you want me to say in this place today, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. amen. Just big on saying amen. You know, just big on saying it. We're going to keep saying it, amen. And don't forget, whenever you feel like it, you can, um, you know, slap a neighbor beside you and be like, hey, this is, he's talking to you right now. This is all about you. I've been living with you in a house for the last week, and so I know what you need to hear. You need to hear this, or you need to hear this, or maybe your dog needs to hear, or maybe your dog needs to go outside wherever he's at. I know our dog needs to go outside. Praise Jesus for dogs. Uh, if you've got your Bibles today, I want you to open it to the book of 1 Kings. We're going, we're going old school 
Old Testament today. And I want you to open the book of 1 Kings. And we're going to talk about Elijah the prophet for a little bit. And I just believe that there is something that God has for us today out of this book that is going to carry us through this next season, that's going to carry us through this next day. And that I believe there's something that God is wanting to do. Um, you know, we're all separate in our homes all over the place. And we're watching on TV screens, and we're watching on computer screens, or watching on phones and tablets. But God is there in your midst. And God can work through this camera lens right to find you wherever you're at. And his word and his life and his spirit can bring that transformation. So 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. And uh, here we go. We're going to start. Now, before we start reading this, I want to give you some, uh, some background. It's probably a good idea. 1 Kings, Old Testament. Right now, we're going to be looking at Elijah the prophet. Now, in chapter 18, there's an amazing story that just happened in chapter 18. And in chapter 18, Elijah the prophet went to uh, the king and the queen, who are Ahab and Jezebel. And he went to them and he said, I challenge your false prophets to a test to see whose God is real. And they worship the prophet, they worship Baal. And so they, they said, okay, fine, we'll do this. So they all went out to this mountain and they all gathered around this mountain. And uh, Elijah said, why don't you guys go first and you guys can have the first sacrifice. And, and what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to make two altars, we're going to make two sacrifices. And whosoever God sends down fire and consumes the sacrifice, then we'll know that's the real God. And so they go and they spend all day and, and the prophets of Baal take all day long and they, are, they, they cut up this bull and they put it on an altar and they're out there calling on the name of their God and they are out there... Um, you know, just trying to get their God to, to send down fire from wherever they think he's at. And the Bible says they're cutting themselves and they're dancing around and they're chanting. And what I actually love is in this story, uh, Elijah is actually over there. This is going on all day. The Bible says that it takes all day. And Elijah's over there saying, hey, uh, maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe he's on holidays. He says, maybe your God is taking a nap and you need to scream a little louder and wake him up. And in fact, he says, maybe your God is in the bathroom and you just need to keep screaming a little louder so he can hear you and come out and see what it is you want. The Bible says these guys go all day long and nothing happens. And then Elijah the prophet gets up and he makes an altar, takes 12 stones and he makes this altar, and he sacrifices a bull on this altar, and he doesn't stop there. Then he comes, and he says, okay, I've cut up this bull. We've got, the, we've got the wood. We've got the stones. Before I ask God to send fire from heaven, what I want to do is I want to drench this thing in water. And the Bible says that he takes 12 large jarfuls. He says, take four jars, fill them with water. And he says, do it again, and do it again. They dump it on this thing three times. Now, what's crazy about that is these guys are in the middle of a drought, so this guy is just dumping water that is precious, and he's dumping it on this sacrifice. And then Elijah prays. We know the rest of the story. Maybe you don't, and if you don't, you should go read the story because it's amazing. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says God sends fire from heaven, and it literally consumes everything there. The Bible says it like licks up the water. The water's gone, and there's this amazing just show of God and who he is. And then Elijah goes off and he prays and, and the Bible says he prays and there's, there's been a drought for three and a half years and he prays and then God sends rain again. And now we're picking up in chapter 19 and now Jezebel, who is the queen, is very mad because, because of what had just happened. And in chapter nine, Jezebel says, starts off the chapter, says, I'm gonna, if you're not dead by this time tomorrow, if I haven't killed you by this time tomorrow, then I don't know what's gonna happen. But she is very mad. The Bible says that Elijah gets afraid and he packs up his stuff and he runs off into the desert. 
Okay, so that's where we're at. You just saw God move in an amazing way, and this lady comes and says, I'm going to kill you. Elijah gets scared, and he runs off to the desert. And let's start in verse 5, New Living Translation of 1 Kings chapter 19. And it says, Then he lay down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. I don't know about you, but I would not mind taking a nap and waking up and having an angel having prepared some food and water for me. Verse 7 says, I love how, I love how just side note, how he's asleep. All of a sudden, somebody wakes him up and says, hey, man, uh, I've prepared this bread and water for you. Doesn't show any questions that he asked here. He says he eats the food, and then he lays back down and goes to sleep again. Verse 7 says, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So this guy took another nap. The angel wakes him up again and says, hey, there's more food for you here. So verse 8 says, so he got up, ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave cave where he spent the night. Now, just, just a little bit of context for you. The place where he went, Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb, and it says the mountain of God is what it says in the New Living Translation. This is the mountain that the Israelites were camped around when Moses would go up and speak to God on the mountaintop. That's why it's called the mountain of God, because that's where Moses and God met together. So here we go in verse, uh, the second half, I guess in verse 9, says, There he came to the cave where he spent the night, and the Lord says to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. And I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. What's interesting about this is that Elijah is afraid, he's scared, he doesn't know what to do. Someone is after him, someone's trying to kill him. And so what he does is he runs off to the desert and he runs to a place where he knew that God was. He knew that at one time God was on Mount Sinai, that Moses had met with God there. And so he says, I'm going to go to where God's at. And he runs. The Bible says that it took him 40 days and 40 nights. And he runs to this mountain. He gets there. He finds a cave and he goes to sleep. He goes to bed and then he wakes up and, and God comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And then Elijah begins to say, listen, this is what I'm doing here. Now, if you go and read in Exodus or Deuteronomy, you'll see that there was a covenant that God made with Moses saying that your people can't serve other gods and and you shouldn't intermarry. You shouldn't do these things. And what, what Elijah is saying in verse 10 is, I've served you, but the people of Israel, your people that you made a covenant with, have broken their covenant with you and they've tore down your altars and they've killed every one of your, your prophets. And he said, I didn't know what to do. Basically, he's saying, I didn't know what to do, so I ran back here to come find you, to come hear you, to come see you, and see what you would say to me. Verse 11, God is talking, and he says this to Elijah. He says, go out and stand on the mountain. Go stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. Now, we're kind of seeing a replay because In Exodus, at the end of the book of Exodus, in chapter 32 or 33, 
There's a story about Moses talking to God and saying, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. I want to see who you are. And they're up on the mountain. And God says, to them, I can't show you my face, but I'll, I'll let my glory pass you by. And when, when I walk by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. And you can see me from behind, but you can't see me face to face. And now we see God saying to Elijah, come and talk to me. Elijah's in the cave, and, and God says to him, he says here, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain, and it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were tore loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, there was a fire. Good Lord. That is, that is a tough 5, 10, 20 day. I don't know. It's a tough time when God says, come stand before me. You go out there on that mountain. Could you listen? We, we live out in the mountains. You can see behind me, there's like mountains here and we get windy days. And a couple weeks ago, there was like trash cans. It was windy. Trash cans are rolling everywhere. Well, like we have a hot tub back there that God bless us with. And what, like we showed up in the morning and the lid had like blown off. It was crazy. It was windy. But here we see Elijah says, or God says, Elijah, come out here before me. Come see me. He gets out there, and it's super windy. It says the rocks. It's so windy. The rocks on the mountain are breaking apart. And then he says, God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake, and poor Elijah is standing on this mountain at a cave, and there's this massive earthquake just shaking everywhere. I would be terrified. I don't know about you, but I would have been terrified. There's this mountain, and it's, there was just a windstorm. The wind has left, and now it's crazy earthquake. And probably when he got through the earthquake, the earthquake slowed down. He probably thought, oh, thank you. Thank you, God. This earthquake has finally quit. It's finally stopped. And then the Bible says, <laughs> but after, uh, after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord said there was not an earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire. After the earthquake ended, I don't, I don't know if fire was falling from heaven. I don't know if trees on the mountain just started catching on fire. I don't know what was happening. But I imagine Elijah was, was rethinking his idea to go to the mountain. Maybe this wasn't the best idea. Maybe, maybe I should have gone to the Holiday Inn. Maybe I should have gone to the Ramada. But coming to this mountain was not the best idea at this moment. But at every one of those massive, earth-shattering, earth-shaking consequences and scenarios, whether it was the windstorm that was breaking the wind apart, or whether it was the earthquake that everything was shaken and catching his attention, or whether it was the fire and things burning up all around, the Bible says that God was not in those things. Now, what's interesting about this and why we're seeing this is because in the beginning of Exodus, in Exodus, uh, in Exodus chapter um, 19 and chapter 20, and then the Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 5, these are ways that when God showed up on the mountain speaking to Moses and the children of Israel were at the bottom of the mountain watching, these are things that the children of Israel saw when God showed up. There'd be clouds, there'd be smoke, there'd be fire, there'd be things shaking, and that's how they saw. God. And as far as Elijah knew, that was how God would show himself. The Bible says that he's out there, but in all of these crazy signs and wonders and all of these happenings and all this scary stuff, God was not in those things. But we are going to find where God was. So there was the earthquake, there was the wind, there was the fire. Then it says at the end of verse 12, and after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, 
He wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. I'm here to tell you today, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the circumstances in your home and in your house, your job. I don't know if you're getting laid off. I don't know if you, maybe you're sitting around today and you're saying, I don't even know if I have a job to go to tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how to pay my rent or my mortgage. I don't know how to put food. What if the grocery clothes? There's all kinds of things coming along that are screaming at you that, that are like fires in your life, that are like earthquakes in your life, where the wind is blowing so hard. Your, your house and your life and your very foundation is shaking apart. The Bible says, God was found in the gentle whisper. And all of these things, if you look around, life has changed so drastically in just a short amount of time, in the last two weeks, that we are living in almost somewhat of silence. All of our, all of our busyness is being pulled away from us. All of our distractions are being pulled away from us. And a lot of us are sitting in our houses saying, what do we do with ourselves? I don't know if you've seen that great Tom Hanks movie about Mr. Rogers that just came out last fall. But there's a moment in that movie that, that is a little unsettling. And the directors did it on purpose. And, and, and the, the point of the movie, or the, the purpose of the scene is, they're sitting in a cafeteria, Mr. Rogers and this young reporter who's having a terrible time in his life and things are not going the way that he wants. And Mr. Rogers is just sitting there talking to this guy. And he just begins to ask the guy if he'll take one minute of his time to stop and think about something that he's thankful for. And in the movie, what the directors chose to do was they decided to take this moment where for one minute, 60 seconds, there was just silence in the film as Tom Hanks, who was playing Mr. Rogers, just stares at the screen and the camera slowly comes closer and closer and closer. But it was a long 60 seconds because nobody's talking, nobody's moving. Can I just say today, that God is wanting to speak to you in the silence of where you're finding yourself? Can I just tell you today that in all the distractions that are going on and going around you and all the confusion and all the hurt and all the frustration, that you can pull away from those things and that God will come and speak to you and talk to you in that place of silence? Let's look at something real quick here. It says, he was in the gentle whisper. And again in verse 13, the end, the gentle whisper says to Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah again says the same thing. He says, I've served you all my life. The people of Israel, they've broken their covenant with you. And he goes into this spiel and he goes on telling God what's going on. And God begins out of his goodness and out of his graciousness for us, begins to give Elijah fresh instructions about where to go and what to do. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, 
Take this time that you have to begin to withdraw and to pull away and to listen to that still, small voice, that gentle whisper of the Spirit of God speaking you, guiding you, and leading you. Elijah didn't know what to do. And starting in verse 15, you can go read this for yourself, but starting in verse 15, God gave Elijah very specific instructions. I want you to go do this. Go find this person and anoint them to replace you. Go find this person and anoint them to be king. Go find this person. God gave very specific instructions and if you have questions if you have things you don't understand wherever you're at today you need to go and listen to that gentle whisper and let the voice of God begin to lead you and guide you I want to share one more scripture with you turn your Bibles to Psalm 46:10. I know that you know that I love to hear the sound of the turning of pages, and I can't hear it right now. My beautiful wife is turning pages for me, and it's just music to my ears. That's what, I just love that sound. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. If you're part of Hope City Church, then you would know that I probably preached a message on this the end of last summer, I think the last week of August, I think I spoke about this verse. We really broke it down and talked about it. But Psalm 46.10 says this, and I want to read it for you today. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That word know in the Hebrew is the word yada. And it means the idea is to ascertain by seeing. And ascertain just means to know for sure. So be still and know for sure because you've seen it in your life, in your circumstances, that I am God. And how do you see and know that he is God? By being still, by with, withdrawing from doing everything that you think you have to do to solve all of life's problems and all of life's answers and have all the questions. Guess what? You don't have all the answers to all the questions. Guess what? What? You don't even know all the questions. Yeah, I just said that. And it's true because we don't. There's so much we don't know. But do you know who does know? Do you know who knows all of the questions and knows all of the answers and not just a answer? He knows the right answers. Yeah. God does. God does. And in this season... You have the chance, you have the opportunity, and you have the ability to begin to go and open this book and begin to pull away like you never have before. We are living in unprecedented times in our lifetime where you have the chance and the opportunity. A lot of us can't go to work. A lot of us don't have work to go to. A lot of us are stuck at home. What else do you have to do? We could find busy work. We could find things to do. We could find things. Oh, we should paint the wall, but we can't go to the paint store and buy paint. We should go mow the lawn. Well, I just mowed the lawn yesterday. It doesn't really need to be mowed again. You could find things to busy yourself, but why not take the opportunity 
to begin to retreat and, would, and draw away and to begin to lister, listen to that gentle whisper of the Spirit of God that will lead you, that will guide you, that will direct you, and that has all the answers to all the questions, to all of the scenarios that you are ever facing. Be still. Still means to quiet yourself, to calm yourself. When we were at the theater watching that Tom Hanks movie, it was very unsettling to be in a theater where in the movie for 60 seconds, there was nothing happening. And you weren't sure, am I supposed to keep looking at the camera? Because the camera kept zooming in on Tom Hanks' eyes. And I agree, he's got great eyes. He's great. He's a great guy. I love Tom Hanks. He's a great actor. But even as it zoomed in on his eyes, it was unsettling because I didn't know where to look. What, am, I, am I supposed, is he looking, to, is Tom Hanks looking at me? Can he see me right now? Pull away. Be still. Close your bedroom door. Go find some alone time with just you and God and let him, like he gave Elijah, begin to give you very specific instructions about your life. Every life is different. Every person's scenario is different. All of our circumstances that we're facing are unique to us. And if you begin to think about it, it's a little mind-boggling of the over 7 billion people on the planet that God, in his infinite wisdom, has the answers for each one of those people. That he has wisdom that each one of the people on the planet today need. That he has life and truth and understanding that we all need. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.